Tis the season of resolutions. Well, guess what? I've got another one for the Cubs that should they decide to keep, could land another World Series trophy at Wrigley in 2022. Locked on Cubs now. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning to you. Happy Wednesday. This is Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison, former public address announcer at Wrigley Field. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every a.m. I love being along for the ride with you. Lockdown Cubs has been really, really successful. And I must say it is only because of you. The show does not exist without you. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Please find us wherever you download your favorite podcasts. We're always free and always available. I say it every day. I'm the broken record. I get it. Andy, shut your mouth. Please engage with us socially. It makes things more fun. We can talk baseball. We could talk Cubs. Respect each other's opinion, but I love to hear yours because I give you mine. So you get you have to hear it no matter whether you like it or not. But we can we can agree to disagree respectfully at Chicago Cubs PA on Twitter. I know I'm not the PA guy anymore. At Locked On Cubs for the show's Twitter handle. Awesome stuff for you today. We continue our list of the greatest player to wear each uniform number in the history of the Chicago Cubs. How did we come up with this list? You ask yourself. We're into the 60s. We started at zero, counting up. Also want to talk about the uh, realistic free agent possibilities for the Cubs to go target here post-lockout if we ever get there. Uh, first though, it's resolutions part two. I told you resolutions stink in real life, man. Make a life change and stay with it. Don't do it because the calendar year turns. You want to lose weight, lose weight, change your lifestyle. But for the Cubs, I do have some resolutions and I hope that they stick. Um, yesterday we discussed resolution number one, draft more arms, have more homegrown pitching talent, something they have not done in recent years, or at least to much success. In other words, that was one of Theo's biggest faults and he's admitted it today. Part two. Well, in part two of that yesterday was then keep them healthy and develop them. So draft and develop arms part two today, open the pocketbooks, deepen the pockets, spend, spend, spend within reason. I'll say, let's take a look quickly, briefly at the NL Central uh, from the naked eye. Say, if you're just a casual fan perusing the National League Central, what are you dealing with? Well, you know what you're kind of getting with the Cardinals and the Brewers, right? I think if you ask nine out of 10 people on the street who are borderline, you know, fans of any team in the Central, they'll say, yeah, Cardinals or Brewers going to win the division or those two are going to battle it out for top seed in the NL Central in 2022. Might be true. Now, on the flip side of that, you've got the Pirates. Again, 9 out of 10 people who are just casual fans of the National League Central probably say, well, the Pirates are the bottom feeders, right? They're not working with much. 
might say the same about the Reds, too, given what they've done so far in the offseason. Bottom feeder E, definitely for the Pirates. I don't want to go that far with the Reds, but not trending in the in the best direction, possibly, I guess, if you're a Cincinnati fan. So where does that leave the Cubs? Well, we've talked about it at length. They were busy on the market before the lockout was put into place. Jan Gomes to back up Willington Castillo. They brought in Stroman to anchor that rotation now with Hendricks and Wade Miley. Hermosillo was signed. Clint Frazier on the chief after he uh, was was parted ways with the Yankees. So that they've showed a willingness to spend money here in Carter Hawkins' first offseason, albeit a different one with the lockout, as the general manager of the Chicago Cubs. Most exciting, let's talk about the link that was reported by Bruce Levine that was true, that there was mutual interest between Carlos Correa, the most coveted free agent on the market currently, and the Chicago Cubs camp. Now, rewind to 2021. As poorly as things went in the second half, offense essentially was not the problem. It was pitching, pitching, pitching. So, part two of my resolution for the Chicago Cubs in 2022 to bring a World Series back to Wrigley Field um, is spend, spend, spend. Spend like your 12-year-old daughter stole your credit card and went to the mall. I mean, this is necessary to complement the group they already have. Not within reason, because I know that most people aren't expecting much, but I'm telling you, this Cubs team is not as far off as you might think. And I, I'm, I'm, I know, oh, you're the eternal Cub fan optimist. Maybe, maybe I am to a fault, but they've already made a splash before the lockout was implemented. Sign and Stroman, in my opinion, doesn't help, however, unless it's complemented with more corresponding moves. Now, pitching was the biggest glaring hole, did a phenomenal job to address the rotation to this point, to give Hendricks some compliments with Marcus Stroman and Wade Miley. That's a great top three in that rotation. Now, would I like to see another move in the rotation? I would, okay? on In my opinion, this team is teetering on the competitive fault line. Still a lot of pieces need to be put into place, but they showed a willingness to spend the coin. And I don't want that to stop after the lockout is lifted. Listen, don't be fooled. They are not as far away as they may seem. With all that said, well, why does this matter? Well, you you, you had a great start. Okay. Pre-lockout. Now pump the brakes because you can't do anything right now. But you know that the plan is in place for the route they're going to go after the lockout. And I hope it entails investing some money in the back of the bullpen, maybe another arm in the rotation, and middle infield. The biggest remaining need they have still, I suppose, needs power arms, which are probably going to come in the form of bullpen arms, back-end bullpen arms, which is good, strikeout guys, because Stroman, Miley, Hendricks, they're not big strikeout guys in the rotation, but that's okay if you could supplement them with some big-time strikeout arms at the back half of that pen and some power-hitting bats, okay? So defense, defense, defense. When you have a rotation that isn't going to rely on the strikeout, a ton. 
Uh, we've hit on this at length, but Stroman was 10th in all of baseball in ground ball outs last year. 57% of his outs come on the ground. You need to shore up the defense, especially up the middle, to complement these guys. The most obvious route to go, Carlos Correa, right? He was linked with the Cubs before the lockout. Reigning platinum glove winner, genuine superstar shortstop, uh, middle-of-the-order type bat. You're killing two birds with one stone here. Um, is it out of the question that they get aggressive with him after the lockout? No. I mean, the the talk was he's going to want 10 years like a Seager deal with Texas, and rightfully so. He's as good a player. The Cubs weren't interested in locking up that kind of money over that kind of time to him, supposedly, according to Jed Hoyer. Do things change? Absolutely. They change. Now, who's to say that Carlos wouldn't accept a shorter deal? And by short, I mean seven years, six, seven years, maybe even eight stretched if the annual salary at the end of that seven or eight year, year deal works out in his favor just to come to the north side, knowing what they might have going on potentially. If not Carlos, though, then then who? Other great options, still some top, top tier players on the market that have been forced out of the game momentarily because of the lockout. I want to take a look at some of those potential free agent options for the Cubs and who might fit best with this group that they've already assembled. We need them to keep spending. That's resolution number two. I'm good at spending other people's money. We'll spend some of the Cubs money here in a moment. I know you've heard me talk at length about this, but it's the new year and that means resolutions. And unless they're the resolutions that I'm putting forth for the Cubs, normally they don't stick. If your resolution is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it might be even better. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, whatever. Throw out all of the sugary garbage that you might have stored there. Replace it with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes really good, too. There's so many flavors. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, yada, 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 yada. The list goes on and on. Got a great offer for you. Take advantage of it before it's too late. Go to built.com. That's B U I L T.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Try them. I promise you, you'll like them. We're going to spend the Cubs money right after this. Cubs fans, baseball fans, welcome back in. Locked on Cubs rolling at you on a Wednesday morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you for turning us on in the car, on your iPhone, on your iPad, um, at home. Maybe you're off work still. If you are, good for you. Enjoy 2022. I hope, to, I hope it's off to a great start for you and yours. Please, please, please tune in every morning like you do. This show's nothing without you, and I swear to you, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We love that you download us wherever you find your favorite podcast. We're free and available. Locked on Cubs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Socially, at Locked on Cubs on Twitter, at Chicago Cubs PA. Follow us. Uh, talk with us. Give us your thoughts, your opinions, what you like, what you don't like, what you're afraid of, what you're excited for in 2022 with the Cubs. Love to engage with you on social media. So please, 
feel free to, to do that. So we have resolutions for the Cubs. I said they normally don't stick, but these are resolutions that I feel are important to implement to bring a World Series trophy back to the north side of Chicago. We talked yesterday about developing and drafting homegrown pitching talent and how important that's going to be for Carter Hawkins as he takes over this ship here moving forward. Today, spend, spend, spend. Pick up where you left off before the lockout, bringing in free agents that are going to complement what you already have. The Cubs have proven that they are willing to take the next step. This is not tank city, tear down, rebuild mode. They just went and spent a lot of money on a really darn good starting pitcher in Marcus Stroman. So guess what? complement him with what he needs and the rest of this rotation and otherwise to be successful and really piece these things together. So Carlos Correa, there was linkage between the two parties. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Would that be the, the ultimate? Probably. I mean, that's a superstar shortstop. Now, do you want to deal with him for 10 years? I don't know. Those kinds of deals to me are always scary, regardless of the player, because they rarely seem to work out on the back end. And and Jed Hoyer was very vocal, saying he wasn't interested necessarily in a 10-year deal for Carlos Correa. Now, would he accept a shorter-term deal to come to Wrigley? Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. The changing landscape of the lockout could impact all of this. But... <clears throat> Should these feelings remain the same with what was discussed financially before the lockout? Here's some really great plan one A's to keep spending, spending, spending. Like I said, I'm good at spending Tom Ricketts money. Defense, offensive power, and power bullpen arms are necessities. Spend, spend, spend in those areas to shore up the remaining holes. Suddenly, you've got a group here that might surprise the heck out of you. So Carlos doesn't work out. These aren't plan Bs. These are really good other routes. So I'll call them plan one A's. What about a Trevor story? And I've talked about this before. You got your shortstop, great defender, obviously not the player overall Correa is, uh, had a down year offensively as well. And the knock on him is always going to be, Hey, he played in Colorado. Those numbers are inflated. Maybe true. Maybe not. That's a, that's a good debate for, for another time. He's more affordable uh, for sure than Correa. He's going to be a lot more affordable than, say, Javier Baez deal to Detroit was. Um, you know, here's the thing willing to take a shorter deal for lesser money as a, as a prove, you know, to, as a prove it kind of year to bounce back from 2021, maybe. And if you're the Cubs, maybe you're interested in taking that team friendlier deal to cash in. Here's another name I've floated around a little bit, a couple of them. Reunions, maybe, potentially, you could see happening, especially if the designated hitter is implemented in the National League with the new CBA when all this jargon with the lockout is hashed out. What about a Nick Castellanos? You know, came over a couple years ago at the deadline and the trade from Detroit, just hit the you-know-what out of the ball, seemingly had three doubles a game. He was one of the top available bats at the beginning of free agency. Uh, he figures to be easier for a new team to sign than, say, like a Freddie Freeman type. But still, Castellanos uh, is a player with some wide error bars on, on contract prediction. So we'll see where he ends up and what he's going to uh, what he's going to require. But maybe like a five-year, $115 million deal. Um, 
according to some. And then according to others, you've got ESPN and Fangraphs who are reporting three years of between 54 and 63 million, which I think would be more in the wheelhouse of the Cubs if this is a route you were going to go. But you know what you're getting offensively. And if the DH comes to the National League, well, he's a great fit for that too. By that same token, how about a Kyle Schwarber? A reunion likely they have said no. But maybe parting ways for a while, and then coming back to a city that loves him so much could be the best thing. He had a hell of a year last year. He's a guy who kind of works against Castellanos in the market-wise. Uh, he's a year younger, didn't receive a qualifying offer, but had a great year in 2021 offensively, as did Castellanos, albeit with less volume because of the Schwarber injury. But he has blossomed into the player that we had always kind of hoped he would be here. So maybe that's an option. There's your DH, man, right? I know I'd love it. He's a fan favorite here as it is. Uh, it's something to keep an eye on. There's your power bat. How about another power bat option, which is obviously a need. Now, Schwarber, you get from the left side, which you always love. How about Jorge Soler? Man, remember when he was here? Had a fine career, left, hit a million home runs in Kansas City. You saw him with the Braves in the World Series last year. He's rooting for the nationally designated hitter, put it that way. But there is very few teams in the NL that wouldn't want him as their DH if that indeed does get implemented. Let's flip to the pitching side. You know, you need to shore up the defense that Carlos Correa, Trevor Story route. We hope power bats, you know, talk about the Schwarbers and, and the Castellanos, et cetera. How about another piece of the rotation? I talked about this on a show several weeks ago, and I'm still very intrigued by it. Carlos Rodon. Uh, second half health concerns, you know, probably going to limit him to a one to three year deal. And if that's correct, his market could be really, really robust, you know, giving the increasing aversion among teams to long-term contracts, especially to those with injury histories and those that are pitchers. So you've got the chance to get a potential ace on a short-term deal. Um, and, and that's what made like, you know, a Scherzer type and a Justin Verlander type so appealing. We, As baseball fans in Chicago, we've seen what Rodon can do when healthy. Let me paint this picture for you. Stroman, Hendricks, Miley, Rodon. Whoa, you've suddenly taken a big hole, addressed it, and made it a strength, if that's the case. Uh, very interesting. Back into the bullpen, guys. You know, talk about coupling these with a couple of the young power arms you already have. Uh, Kenley Jansen's name has been thrown out there. Resurrected himself last year. Had a sensational year. Ton of innings. Ton of strikeouts. Kind of reinvented himself a little bit. I mean, this is a guy. We've seen what he can do. He's killed the Cubs. Killed him in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen him around. You know, he's going to demand a lot of money in terms of relievers and closers going, locking up big time money in closers and relief pitchers often gets scary because of volatility from year to year. But this guy has been the model of consistency. It's an option. And what a great veteran presence he'd be in the pen. Uh, Ryan Tapera, another great right handed setup type. We know all about Tapera. Um, He's going to be an easier sign than than a Jansen say, as he doesn't have uh, any attachment to serving in the closers role. But that could be somewhere he slides in if he comes back to Northside. That could be a good reunion too. So I could see that as potentially happening. And this is a wild card. I discussed this earlier. I was all for this before we found out he needed surgery. But how about Danny Duffy, left-handed pitcher from the Royals? Spent his whole career there. He's been so good. Um, Last month, Duffy told Andy McCullough of The Athletic that he does plan to start throwing in March and intends to be ready to pitch by June after the arm surgeries. 33 years old, left-hander, really intriguing one- or two-year addition. 
to a, a, a pitching staff and probably not going to be in the rotation this year because he won't be stretched out enough. Could be a key part of that bullpen that then competes for a spot in the rotation in 2023, and you could get him on the cheap. I love this idea. I hope the Cubs are in on him, and I have a feeling that they will be. So keep an eye on Danny Duffy. So there you go. Spending money. Why? We need to bring that World Series trophy back to Wrigley Field. And the Cubs have done a phenomenal job so far of going out and making a splash in the market, and I want to see it continue post-lockout. Like I said, Tom, Mr. Ricketts, I'm good at spending other people's money. Ever wonder who was the greatest number 63 in the history of the Chicago Cubs? I'm going to tell you coming up in a moment. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the NFL pushes towards the playoffs. Week 18, kind of weird to say, coming up this week. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action all season long. Head to their website, they have a brand new mobile site. Sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, NHL, uh, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So don't wait. Take advantage of all they have to offer today. Bet online where the game starts. Jersey countdown rolls on now. Welcome back in Cubs fans, Locked On Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Thank you again for being with us today and taking the time. It means the world to us to have you along for the ride. I told you before, and I meant it, I'll say it again, this show is nothing without you guys. It has been so much fun to spend the last month with you of 2021, and I'm excited to turn the calendar and keep Lockdown Cubs rolling. Going to have some great interviews coming up, lots of great Cubs content as always. Um, just really excited to, to be here with you every morning, and I, I love that you tune in because this show's nothing without you guys. So we've been doing this for several days. It's a lot of fun. Kind of takes you back down memory lane. Take a look at the best player to wear each uniform number in Chicago Cubs history. We're up into the 60s now. Number 61. Remember a guy named Babe Phelps? Maybe not, but before his all-star days with the Brooklyn Dodgers, way back in the day, Phelps wore number 61 for the 1933 and 1934 Cubs. If you remember Phelps, man, you've got a heck of a memory, and you've been a Cub fan for a very long time. Number 62, the greatest 62 in Cubs history. How about Jose Quintana, acquired from the White Sox in 2018, 424 ERA in 82 games for the Northsiders. Being Quintana fan, never was quite as good as I think we thought he would be, especially coming over to the National League. But just a just a class dude and a great pitcher. I love love the Southpaw. Also, one of my favorite walk up musics was Jose Quintana's, and a fun one to say, Jose Quintana. How about Kevin Gregg, number sixty three? Remember Kevin Gregg? Fifty six of his hundred and seventy seven career saves came in two seasons with the Cubs in two separate seasons, oh nine and two thousand thirteen. So years apart. Kevin Gregg had a lot of saves on the North Side. Bet you didn't remember that because I sure surely didn't. Number 64, remember the veteran utility man, Emilio Bonifacio, 279 hitter in 69 games for the Cubs in 2014, then was traded to the Braves in a deal for Victor Caratini during that season. 
And number 65, not a lot of 65s in Cubs history. Casey Sadler, he's actually the only 65 in Cubs history, right? He worked 10 games out of the pen in 2020. Casey Sadler, you win the best number 65 ever to play for the Cubs by default. Great show today. Thank you for stopping by. Great stuff tomorrow. We're going to take a dive into David Ross, extending him, and what a manager's worth and value to a team really is, if you can quantify that. I'm not sure. We thank you for making Lockdown Cubs your first listen every day, and we ask you to make your second listen Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q. With expert analysis from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms, just like Locked on Cubs. Great stuff tomorrow. Have an awesome Wednesday. This has been Locked on Cubs. I'm Andrew Bellison. We'll see you manana.